listening to Female VC Lab, a podcast that showcases the journeys of female investors. My name is Barbara Bickham, and I am an award-winning CTO and VC that teaches companies and investors about emerging technology. I am sitting down with female VCs and investors to talk about their funds, how they invest, and how they make an impact. Welcome to the Female VC Lab podcast. I have Jenna here. Jenna, in one line, give me your name, your title, and the name of your fund. I'm Jenna Bryant. I'm the co-founder, CEO, and co-GP of Embedded Ventures. Wonderful. What inspired you to become a venture capitalist or investor? Yes, I'll give you a little bit of our origin story and then we can go from there if you want to dive into I love else. origin. I love origin stories. Okay, great. So before starting Embedded, Jordan and I, who's my co-founder, Jordan Noon, we had been industry friends for years. We originally met as I began learning more about the dual-use tech space and how venture-backed companies can work with the government. This was an area of the industry that's very personal to me because my brother is a Marine Corps V-22 Osprey pilot. I wanted to make sure I'm doing everything I can to help bring emerging tech in the commercial industry to our service members. But long before all of that, I think when I was young, I thought I was going to be a backup dancer for Beyonce when I grew up. And I did audition for her when I was a teenager in Atlanta. (laughs) But as life happened, I actually became a technology recruiter. Which I also don't think anyone, when their kid says, I want to be a recruiter when I grow up. And that wasn't me either, but it was a, I actually took it originally as a job just to pay my bills. And I ended up really enjoying it, loving it. It was during the rise of Silicon Beach and, Mm. and that kind of funneled me into various other things. And then I I learned that tech was where I was here to stay. Awesome. uh, ultimately, Jordan and I became industry friends. I was a partner at my previous firm during that time. And it became a time where after Jordan started Relativity Space in 2015 and, and growing it as their CTO for the first five years, he was leaning into wanting to build something from the ground up again. I was also really passionate about having a different perspective in venture and wanting to create something that was just a different option that was led by more founders, operators, technologists, especially in the deep tech space. And so I, the timing was perfect. So I approached him to consider helping me turn embedded into the VC firm we both wanted to see exist and and be my co-founder. And what's cool is that Jordan and I really do have a true partnership. Anyone who's worked with us sees it firsthand. We very much divide and conquer. We trust each other. And that's why we've been able to get so much done in a short period of time. That's awesome. Yeah. Wonderful. I love origin stories. They're so great. Went on a little bit of a tangent there, but no, that was, it's common the unconventional VC route, right? Yeah, like it's, most it's, people don't go to Warden and do, get the MBA. People come to this in a different way, and it's it's great. I'm so thankful that my path was nonlinear. I feel like yes. it's what makes me better at my job. It makes me also really appreciate being able to do it. Yes. What is your thesis, and what is the motivation behind your investment thesis? Yeah, so we believe it's it's 
crucial. Obviously for me, it's really personal, but to invest in the groundbreaking technologies that will revolutionize stagnant markets and establish entirely new ones. And so our, our primary strategy is to invest in the early stage startups that have application that can also benefit the Department of Defense, really bridging the gap between the space industry and the, the earthbound economy. We facilitate the alignment of commercial and government investment incentives, really reinforcing our core belief in industries that can withstand market volume. And then as founders and operators with deep tech sector experience ourselves, we have the expertise needed to really identify, support, and mentor the teams that are driving these technological breakthroughs. So our our portfolio is actually separated into three different areas. We have digital engineering, advanced manufacturing, and space infrastructure. And yeah, we have a lot of fun doing it. So that's interesting. How are you guys finding that space infrastructure area? That's very... You do need rocket scientists. Yes. Luckily, my co-founder like is a rocket that. scientist. Yeah, I checked that out. I was like, okay, yeah. Yeah, he really is a rocket scientist. And that's cool. Nothing wrong with that. I love being well, able to use the joke, Jordan, it's not rocket science. Like sometimes <laughs> it's the simple things. I'm like, hey, hey. Yeah. And, and sometimes it really isn't rocket science. <laughs> exactly. So that's okay. But, but I uh, do I do know that, especially in the areas that we invest in, they are extremely technical. They require mm, yes. his brain. And so it's... Really fulfilling to see him at the investor table and and then other people like him. It's It was engineers who I was the closest with as a recruiter. I always built engineering teams. And so I've definitely surrounded myself with the engineers that I've learned the most from, that I respect the most, who have led teams, who have, who have built teams that I really respect and admire, especially in deep tech, hard tech, whatever you want to call it, there are frontier tech. In the space, or you know, I worked with a Hyperloop that was way out there as yes. well. Stuff that had never even been thought of, stuff that had never like Absolutely. in people's twinkle of people's eyes. Absolutely. But there's also a lot of risk there. There's a yes. lot of pressure. There are longer exit timelines. Mm-hmm. I know that teams can sometimes feel like they're in a pressure cooker. Yeah. And so it does require a lot of nuanced vetting. And it's not just that technical piece, but it's do these founders have the personalities that can sustain the test of time and will they be respectful leaders of their team and because it it is a really dynamic environment that you're trusting people with and then jordan uses the when we talk about space infrastructure he always talks about how a decade ago how regular were falcon 9 launches now they're all the time so we're investing in areas now that a decade from now people are gonna find standard but what else is interesting about this frontier tech, like Hyperloop or space, or I'm into transportation personally. Yeah. I, I like that. But space, especially, many things have come out of the creation of attempting to go to space. Absolutely. Some oh, of the yeah. everyday things we use all the time came from the fact that exploration was occurring. Oh, absolutely. It's fascinating. It, it really is. And it's very nostalgic. Mm-hmm. I actually was in it was at the cape during relativity's launch this year and it oh, was cool. like it full body chills all the time every attempt was fascinating to me even when it it was scrubbed I, the it was so thrilling and it and it just reminded me of what we've seen in in movies and are reminded of now or even uh, in our lifetimes 60s. right the shuttle like we're alive during the shuttles and you said the falcons are launching now and they have other things like that happening it's it is exciting it's very exciting. All right. Awesome. Yeah. What are you currently learning or listening to or reading these days, Jenna? 
Okay, I'll tell you a random fact about myself then with this one. So I've read every single one, and I'm talking from beginning to end, of Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway Annual Letters to Shareholders. Oh, wow. Uh, from 1977. And I highly recommend any fund manager awesome. uh, reads them. Of course, some of the data, I maybe scrolled a little faster past, but he writes, he definitely writes in a language that I just really resonate with. He really takes you on a journey with each one. He shares little anecdotes about what got him to where he is. He spills like just the sweetest tea only about Charlie Munger, his partner and their partnership is just really inspiring. And he makes me feel like I know him and I'm ready to meet him in Omaha for the annual meeting at the end. But anyway, for our quarterly updates to RLPs, I actually like to write a fairly long form investor update myself mm-hmm. and definitely inspired by his updates. I really try to tap into my you know, inner Warren, make them as enta- entertaining and, and as personal as I can. But the required information for our LP updates are fairly easy, actually, for us to gather. We have a really close yeah. pulse on our portfolio at all times. We pr- present that data extremely clearly. So it's really the words that tie it all together in between the plethora of data points that I like to be more creative with. But if I sat down in one sitting and tried to do it all in one go and the week before I sent out the update, I would not be able to think of any of the stories on the spot. And so I have a spot in my notes where I jot down little anecdotes and situations that are funny, learning experiences that happen over the quarter. And I tend to already know where I'm going to tie each moment, memory, whatever it is. A lot of times it tells little pieces of embedded history. I already know what section I'm going to bake that into when I'm writing the notes because there are really so many things that happen throughout each day. So not all of them make it into the update, but I feel like one day day they might be like Embedded's diary looking back. But bring it back to what I'm reading. I've already read all of his updates, but sometimes when I'm writing some of these, I like to randomly open one and get inspiration. And so this morning I was watching was reading, let me see, in the tab. Oh, I just put up 2014 and was just cruising through it. And But I also recently read Building a Better Mouse about the Disney Imagineers in the 80s when they were building Epcot. Lots of parallels to what's happening in deep tech as sleeves are being rolled up and everyone's heads down building. So I highly recommend it. Super easy read. But yeah, that's just what I was reading this morning. And What you read in general. That's awesome. So here's the bonus question, Jenna. It's not a shock or surprise. Okay. In two years when we're talking, how do you see venture capital or investing having changed or evolved? We've already seen an emergence, like we were just talking about, of, of mainstream aerospace and defense investing. And if I think of two years ago, it was still actually taboo in Silicon Valley to be working with defense tech, despite that being where Silicon Valley started. Today, Very it's more true. and yeah, today it's more and more of the norm. And I expect in two years from now, it, it will be even more mainstream, which is exciting. Very cool. Yeah. So, how do people contact you? Okay. I love being contacted on LinkedIn and I am very intentional with. I call them my friend requests, not connection requests. LinkedIn's yeah. actually how I met Jordan, my co-founder. I called, reached out to him on LinkedIn. So I'm not the person who never checks their LinkedIn. So if someone puts a note in their connection request sharing that they listen to this and want to connect, I will 100% be excited to connect. Anyone can also email me. It's jb at embedded.ventures, or you can do both LinkedIn and email. I do like that with LinkedIn. I can see who you are, what your journey's been like-ish. Versus email, but I do love both. So I'm trying to be better at 
X? Is that what we're Xing? Xing? I don't know. But I actually spent X, formerly known as Twitter. X, formerly known as Twitter. (laughs) I'm trying to be better at using it. But really, other than LinkedIn, I spend very little time on social media. I actually ask Jordan at the end of each day, hey, what happened on Twitter today? But I check LinkedIn and my email very diligently. So wonderful. Those communicate, it it can become a many communication channels. Definitely. It can happen. Definitely. All right. Thank you so much, Jenna Bryant from Embedded Ventures for being our guest on the Female VC Lab. Thank you so much for having me. This episode is brought to you by Trail and Ventures. Find and invest in the next billion dollar emerging tech company. Sign up for our exclusive content at https colon slash slash trailin T-R-A-I-L-Y-N dot com to find out more. Find us on Apple, on Spotify, and on Google Podcasts. Thank you for listening.